The Ziggler Show, timeless inspiration from Zig Ziggler that's influenced over 250 million people worldwide, inspiring true performance in your work and life today. This episode of The Ziggler Show is brought to you by Braintree. Looking to set up payments for your business, Braintree gives your app or website a payment solution that accepts just about every payment method with one simple integration. Plus, they'll give you your first $50,000 in transactions fees free. To learn more, visit BraintreePayments.com slash Ziggler. Friends, today I bring you show number 339, and the title is you are what you're told you are. Did you hear that? I mean, you are simply, for better and or worse, what you're told you are. And who tells you who you are? Two people, others and then yourself. That's it. Other people have told you what they think you are or what they think you should be, and you have obeyed and lived accordingly because you agree, which means you've taken what has been given you and then jumped on board and told yourself what and who you are. Or maybe you heard it and said no, and you challenged it, and you went a a different direction. You strove to go a different direction, which is great but has that uh, poor programming haunted you at all? That's what we want to talk about today, which in the core of it obviously means that it starts with you. You must be the catalyst for telling yourself who you are, despite what others may have told you, which brings up Zig Ziglar's infamous self-talk cards that we talk about so much. And you can get those anytime, absolutely free. This is not a promotion. I just continue to get testimonials from these, they're so powerful. You can get them at Ziggler.com slash self-talk. Ziggler.com forward slash self-talk. Folks, please go get those things. Uh, again, they're free. We're not selling anything there. I get testimonials every week. I want to tell you one. I want to read one to you right now. Uh, it is powerful, and uh, I'll read it to you just right after I bring you uh, this, The Art of Charm. Uh, folks, I've had so many people thank me for referring them to the Art of Charm podcast.com. Host Jordan Harbinger was a recent guest on The Ziggler Show. The Art of Charm podcast.com is a top 50 podcast overall worldwide in iTunes. It brings together entrepreneurs, artists, thinkers, leaders, and all around interesting people to discuss relationships, attraction, life hacking, and success. You can find it in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So again, regarding Zig's self-talk cards, listen to this. Josh Allred writes in just this week with this. He says, I've been doing the self-talk cards for four weeks. I visualize what Tom said about watering down road rash. And he's referring to any of you who are cyclists or you've fallen on the pavement or skateboarding, whatever, road rash, literally getting you know those, those pieces of rocks in your flesh. Slowly, but talking about watering it down, slowly watching the pieces fall away to cleanse the wound. I struggle with confidence and in my own abilities. Although I am outspoken, my own self-talk can be crippling at times. 
Things like, you can't do this. You're too scared. You're not good enough. You don't deserve that have haunted me for many years. My father was abusive, both verbally and physically for most of my life. His marriage with my mom had taken a nosedive in 2008. He had been mixing antidepressants with alcohol and drugs for a few weeks. He would lose control, go into a total rage to even physically abusing members of the family. Before he would black out, he would say hurtful things, uh, the most hurtful things he could think of. I can't even describe how horrible this time in our lives were. Uh, My dad wouldn't remember a thing that happened. When he died on Christmas Eve, 2008, I was 22. Our final conversation was an argument where he proceeded to go into one of his rages. Everyone left the house. He was alone. He left messages on my phone that were hurtful. The next morning, I woke up and had over a dozen messages of hateful words from him. Things like, you'll be sorry. I'm not sure all of the circumstances of what happened that night, but he did overdose questions of his intent or whether he lost control will never be answered. As you can imagine, this left a huge wound that took years to heal. It's now a scar. I can look back on. I was making choices that were not best for me and I had my own struggles. The way I looked at it, there was no choice, but for me to make changes in my life, I didn't want to follow my dad's footsteps. I ended up moving out of state, slowly put my life back together. I had a few friends and mentors that helped guide me to a better path. I found God and a testimony. I met my wife. I finished my degree. I've accomplished more in the last seven years than I thought I ever could. One of the last effects from this point in my life is the negative talk that goes through my head. Often when something happens, this voice comes in telling me I don't believe I could accomplish a certain task. I wouldn't let it stop me, but it made everything that much harder. This self-talk, the self-talk cards he's referencing, helps silence this voice in my head. From time to time, it still comes back, but I am able to quickly shut it out with the words from the cards. I walk more confidently. I stand taller. I look at myself in a better way. Thank you for the cards. They have helped me be a better person. I won't be stopping them anytime soon. I hope someday in the near future to put to bed this negative self-talk completely. Wow. Uh, That's right at the core of our essence, isn't it? I mean, some of you out there can relate to what he shared completely. Some of you will hear that and think, you know, dang, I, I, I had it good in comparison. I mean, but did you? I mean, you could have less blatant criticism that has and still is undermining you, festering in there or even seemingly positive encouragement that imprisoned you. you. You took those positive things that were said, you are this, and those defined you, and you're, you're stuck in those. Either way, most anyone and everyone has been told things that have caused them damage. I mean, maybe you believe them, maybe you, you didn't at face value, but they haunt you. So let's start changing this today. Hey, a quick word about iTunes. Uh, thank you so much for the feedback. We just consistently get such great reviews and ratings, and that uh, uh, feels good, of course, and encourages us, uh, but it also helps our, our rankings. I mean, right this moment at this recording, we're sitting at number 12 in business podcasts overall behind the likes of uh, Pat Flynn and The Art of Charm and Tim Ferriss and Dave Ramsey, their shows. If you find value in this show, please leave an iTunes review for us or a Stitcher review and a, and a five-star or you know, whatever it may be ranking. If you have a critique for the show, folks, please send it to me directly at K, K as in Kevin, 
kmiller at ziggler.com. We had a guy just give us a one-star review, which we haven't had in ages. We haven't had anything but five-star reviews in as long as I can remember. Uh, but he said, the show is great, but a recent one he felt took too long to get to the beginning of the interview. Folks, seriously, give us a constructive criticism, but email it to me instead of leaving a one-star review that kind of hurts our, our rankings. So that would be great. Thanks. All right, let's get into a clip from Zig right after we check in with Ziggler head honcho Tom Ziggler. Tom, I know those who want real-world support and real encouragement, as we're talking about today, from invested people can do no better than becoming part of the Ziggler team, which they can do by attending the Ziggler Legacy Certification Course, which the next one coming up is November 16th through the 20th at Ziggler headquarters in Plano, Texas. And I know there, I think there's a handful of seats still open and uh, Tom, I mean, I know ZLC offers world-class training, but what about that? The encouragement and support. That's what I hear so much testimony about from folks, uh, maybe as much or more than anything. I mean, there's nothing in the curriculum that says come and get the encouragement that will alter the trajectory of your life. But that seems like that's one of the, mo- the biggest testimonies from the event, doesn't it? Absolutely, Kevin. You know, one of the things that we hear over and over again is people come in and they have this dream that they just kept putting off. And that that dream is, you know what, they want to spend more of their time training, coaching, speaking, and helping others be, do, and have more. But they just don't have a pathway to get there, right? It's like, how do I fund that? How do I, you know, how do I make the time in my life to go make that happen? And then they come to certification training in order, which equips them to do that. And then while they're here, their whole core is, is just rocked because all of a sudden they realize that what they have been doing is what they should have been doing, right? They may own their own business. They may be in a sales career or something. But this re-motivation, this encouragement to really take what you already know and do well and take it to the next level, all of a sudden that gap closes where – wow, you know what, I'm perfectly positioned to go out and just kill it to win and what I'm doing. And when I win, that creates the bridge for me to get to where my big dream is. And so, so many times people come in and they really come out of, I'm just frustrated and tired of doing what I want to do, you know, what I have to do. Mm -hmm. I really want to do what I want to do. And the reality is most of the time they're stuck in a have to job or role or position or a company because they don't see how it connects to their dream. And what we have a gift for is connecting what people are doing right now to their dream and showing them how they just change their vision just a little bit. They change the why behind why they do it just a little bit. And all of a sudden they're off to the races again and what they're good at. And it gives them the margin they need to go and do the thing they've always dreamed of. So hope and encouragement is right at the core because no matter where you are, you can find and develop hope and encouragement right there. It may eventually mean that you leave that area, that space. Mm-hmm. That's okay. But how cool is it to leave? And everybody's like, wow, I wish they'd never left, right? Because your spirit has changed. Well, folks, you can find the info on Ziegler Legacy Certification at ZieglerCertified.com. And yeah, Tom, it makes me think that you know, the big buzzword these days is, is hacking, you know, life hacking. That is really what happens there. It's a reprogramming and a rebooting. And how many of us need at least aspects of our life, significant areas reprogrammed, rebooted. So uh, that's what's in store for you folks. Go check that out. Okay. Well, hey, we're going to dive in here to a 13-minute clip 
from Zig. Here we go. Too many times we forget that we're measured far more than just by our intellect. For example, Mike Singletary played linebacker for the Chicago Bears. He was all pro. He was drafted as late as he was because his time in the 40-yard dash was not really that good. Not only that, but he is too short. What they could not measure, though, was just how badly he wanted to be the best at what he was doing. Nor did they know at that point that there was a shorter distance that for linebackers was even more important. And that's the way you got off of the ball. And so when he was playing linebacker there for the Chicago Bears, when uh, a running back would break through the line of scrimmage, the typical linebacker would cut him off about seven or eight yards down the field. Singletary started so fast that he caught him many times at the line of scrimmage. He held him to two-yard gains where the others were permitting five, six, seven, and eight-yard gains. They, they couldn't measure that. Emmett Smith, same story. You know, he's not real fast on the 40-yard dash. We see him run down from behind from time to time. But off the ball, that first accelerated moment there, he is really fast. That's the reason he can get through that hole and pick up that yardage time after time. Jerry Rice, same story. All three of these players were drafted later than they would have been because they were just timing the 40-yard dash. Now, what they had not determined at that point was an unusual characteristic Jerry Rice had. And that is when he was running stride by stride with the defender and he looked up and saw the ball in the air, he had another gear reserved especially for that occasion. And though they'd been running neck and neck, all of a sudden he put it in that other gear and he just pulled off and left the guy. Some things you just can't measure. This is what I really want to talk about to you. See, all three of these men had tremendous pride in what they did. Now, again, the Bible students occasionally say, well, pride is kind of a dirty word. Let me tell you something about words. They change meaning. For example, if I were to look at any one of you and say, why, you're silly, you'd be offended, Unless you knew that the word silly comes from the word selji, an old English word, which means blessed, happy, healthy, and prosperous. So if anybody ever calls you silly again, you ought to just grin and say, man, you don't know how right you are. You got it right on the button. Now, what's this got to do with pride? The Bible speaks of false pride or vanity. Pride is an honest evaluation of that which is good. Think with me as you listen to this tape. Could it possibly be wrong for me to say to my children, I am proud of the values which you have? Could it be wrong for me to say to my staff, I am so proud of the job that you do, the work that you are turning out? See, pride, I love the acrostic it forms. It is of personal responsibility in daily endeavors. Pride's important. First 15 years of my career, I was in direct sales. I've knocked on tens of thousands of doors in my lifetime. I don't ever remember getting excited about going out and knocking on doors. I did it because that's one of the things I had to do to make sales. After a period of time, I started putting on cooking demonstrations 
where the hostess would invite in several couples, you know, and we'd cook up the meal and make the sales. I finally got semi-smart and realized I couldn't do it all myself, ran an ad in Columbia, South Carolina for a lady to help me. A lady named Jerry Arrowwood responded. Now, to give you an idea of what her personality was like, she was baking cakes and taking in sewing to help support her three daughters. Does that tell you something about her? Very quiet, very shy, but also very neat. I told her what I wanted, and in essence, I wanted her to do the cooking, wash the dishes, clean the cookware, and clean the kitchen. I mean, a real top-level job. And uh, uh, we talked about it a little bit, and she said, oh, Zig, she said, you know, I'd love to have that job. I said, I love to cook. Don't mind washing dishes. Don't even mind cleaning the kitchen. But as you can tell, I'm very shy. I got to get a promise from you that you will never call on me to participate in the actual demonstration itself. In other words, Zig, she said, uh, you do the talking, I'll do the working. Well, I could instantly tell that Jerry and I were going to get along real good. (laughs) I mean, no conflict of interest there. Well, we did for a couple of months. Then one night, my mouth overloaded my back. I made too many promises. I said, Jerry, you got to help me. What you want me to do? I want you to deliver these six sets of cookware I've sold and teach the husband and wife how to use it on their own stove. Now, virtually everybody who will ever listen to this is not going to be able to relate to my next statement. Sheer terror filled her eyes. She literally, physically started shaking instantly. I can't do it. I can't do it. You can't do what, Jerry? I can't deliver that cook and teach those people how to use it on their stoves. I said, Jerry, every night for the last two months, that's what you've been doing to the host and host. Said, yeah, but you're always here, and if I foul up, I know you'll bail me out. Jerry, it's not that big a deal. I didn't even come close to making that sale. I mean, she just wasn't buying any of it. We had a 25 to 30-mile drive back home. It was very quiet. Then just as she started to get out of the car, she had been thinking about it, obviously, turned to me and she said, all right, I'll do it. I'm not going to sleep a wink tonight. I'll probably foul up the deal tomorrow. But you've stuck your neck out. You got the people's money. You told them it'd be delivered tomorrow. I don't want to hurt your reputation, so I'll do it. But I'm going to tell you something, Zig. If you ever do this again, said it's going to be your neck, it ain't going to be mine. I'm not going to ever do this again. I mean, she got out of the car and I don't know if she slept that night or not. I know I didn't. (laughs) The next night, I got one of the most exciting telephone calls I have ever gotten in my life. Came in about 9 o'clock. It took me about 40 minutes to get that introvert off the telephone. I mean, she, word by word, step by step, blow by blow, gave me minute details and everything that took place. She said, when I got to the first family, they had the coffee made and a dessert on, and we had a wonderful time. They told me how personable I was, what a great personality I had, how professional I was. Zig, she said, I had a wonderful time there. And three of the six couples had the coffee on and the dessert ready, and they all bragged on me. Zig, she said, I'm telling you, I had the time of my life. I'll do this any time you want me to do it. (laughs) Didn't happen that year or the next or the next or the next. But a little less than five years later, Jerry Arrowwood was the vice president in charge of sales training internationally for a multi-million dollar cosmetic company. You know what I believe? 
I believe with all of my heart there'll be tens of thousands of Jerry Arrowwoods who will listen to this tape. And they will rationalize accurately so, if she can do it, I can do it too. Now I've got one major regret in this whole episode. And that is I did not retain the name and address of the first couple that she delivered that set of cookware to. I'm here to tell you that she approached that first home with fear and trembling. I'm here to tell you that she was in a mad dash. She couldn't wait to get to the second one. It's amazing what a word of encouragement will do. Somebody once said that a lot of people have gone a lot further than they thought they could because somebody else thought they could. That first couple had a profound impact. They're unsung heroes. They really did something for Jerry Arrowwood. Have you ever noticed, normally speaking, that when somebody says, I'm going to tell you something for your own good, then they tell you something bad? (laughs) Did it ever occur to us that if we're going to tell somebody something good for their own good, that we ought to tell them something good for their own good. It's an old principle. Andrew Carnegie, 100 years ago, had 43 millionaires working for him. First great industrious our society produced. And a reporter, you know, 100 years ago, a millionaire was a rich dude. I mean, that sucker had money. And so a reporter got wind of it. who asked him, Mr. Carnegie, how on earth did you hire 43 millionaires? And Mr. Carnegie said, well, none of them were millionaires when I hired them. Then what did you do to develop them to the degree that they became so valuable to you, you could pay them so much money they became millionaires? And Carnegie taught us a great lesson when he said, you develop people in the same way you mine gold. When you go in a gold mine, you expect to move tons of dirt to get an ounce of gold. But you don't go in there looking for the dirt. You go in there looking for the gold. See, I happen to believe there's a gold mine inside of everybody that we deal with. I believe that people have got a great deal more inside of them than they realized. The Jerry Arrowwood story, you see, it took an awful lot of courage for her to take that first step. Courage is not the absence of fear. It's going ahead despite the fear. When she got that first round of applause, you know, Shakespeare said, uh, the applause of a single human being is of great consequence. When she got that, she liked it so much, she started doing other things. She became a student. She started learning. She became excited about growing in life. And when people are growing, then they are generally excited. When you're learning things, that's what creates the excitement. She was a very humble person Now, humility is one of the great qualities of leadership. Now, that doesn't mean that when a person is humble that they think less of themselves. It simply means they think of themselves less. Over a period of time, Jerry's confidence grew, but it never turned to arrogance. You see, when you get arrogant, that's when Buster Douglas knocks out Mike Tyson And for the benefit of those of you who are not fight fans, that's when Mike was the unbeatable heavyweight champion of the world and Buster Douglas was uh, almost a nobody. They weren't even betting on it because he was such a prohibitive favorite. And that was the last fight Buster Douglas ever won right there. What Jerry Arrowwood did was she retained her humility, she built her confidence, she worked 
very, very hard. She became that student, but she took what she had and developed it. That's one of the reasons I will say so many times to you, you need to listen to your tapes over and over. You see, they keep hope alive. When you hear these things going in your mind over and over, you're going to get a lift, and we're going to be talking about that more and uh, more as we go. Throughout this series of uh, recordings, I will say it, I bet you 50 times that you can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. Now, I'm certain that when Jerry Arrowwood got out of the car that night to deliver that cookware, she wasn't thinking, well, you know, Zig's been telling me I can have everything in life I want if I just help enough other people to get what they want. And what I want to be is vice president in charge of sales training for that big old cosmetic company. And if I deliver these cookware sets, then I'll get to be the vice president in charge. Now, isn't that insane? She did it because it was the right thing to do. I was in a jam. She felt a loyalty to me and a concern for me as a friend and as her employer. It's a philosophy I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a tactic. All right. Well, Zig leads off citing standout pro athletes that through traditional measurements didn't perform well. But listen to that. I mean, it's not, it wasn't merely pro athletes. We're talking standout pro athletes. I mean, Hall of Famers. I mean, they didn't stand out, though, according to normal measurements. But if you looked closer, they eclipsed and outperformed everyone uh, through unconventional measurements, and they became legends. So, I mean, some things, and that was Zig's point, you can't measure through the normal expected measurements. So where are you today as you're listening, where you've measured yourself against normal measurements and you don't come out on top, but you know you outshine the competition in some aspects. You know you have a lot to offer. You see the deficiencies of, of other folks, and know you shine there. You may have an inkling, but you're just not clear. Uh, I mean, Tom, don't you think that often to see where and how we do shine or maybe just to be able to clarify and define it into something tangible that we can do something with, it's just nearly impossible to do that fully on our own. Uh, You need to look to others, which, uh, you know, again, we just talked about ZLC. I mean, that seems so much to happen there and not to just do another ZLC promo, but the point being uh, that you need outside help to really get clarity on your strengths in essence? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, there's a couple of things that come to mind and we say this, you know, sometimes people see more in you than you see in yourself. And it's just such a, it's just such a true, true statement. And I, you know, I, I get to do uh, some executive coaching sometime and work with people at a high level and they'll come in with all of their frustrations. They'll come in with all the things that aren't working. They'll come in with the, you know, the mess, so to speak. And I step back and I look at them and I'm like, you know what? This is what I see. And I have the ability to point out their strengths. Yeah. And usually what happens is they're so focused on what they're not good at that they take their time towards that direction they're not good at. And it weakens their strength because they're not working in the strength zone anymore. That's why I love Strength Finders, by the way. It's a great resource, and it helps you understand what your personal strengths are. And it's amazing statistically what happens in production and performance when you're able to focus on your strengths. I remember very clearly we had uh, a dynamic lady named Mahongo come through our Ziegler certification course, and at the graduation – In tears, she said that she almost didn't come to the class 
because her boss rejected her. She had gone to her mm-hmm. boss and said, I would like to train our team on these concepts. And her boss looked at her in front of the group and said, oh, you can't do that. You're not qualified. You don't have what it takes in front of other people. Hmm. Now, the whole time this lady was in our class and she would stand up and speak, I was nervous talking after her because her charisma, her dynamism, uh, her dynamism, everything was off the charts. Her smile, her her energy, everything was just powerful. And then she's got an Australian accent which, you know, to top it off, I mean, who doesn't get tired of listening to an Australian accent? I literally couldn't believe that somebody had told her that. Yeah. And this is what happens, is sometimes we are told things that aren't true yeah. by people around us who are, quote, unquote, in authority. And so we tend to accept it because, quote, unquote, they should know. And the reality is they're saying that for their own benefit. You see, they have a worldview that says the only way I win is if you lose. Mm. And so she had this misperception that somebody had planted in her mind. And, of course, we all seek approval. We all want to do well in front of the group. And so one of the most powerful things you can do is to find a friend, a family member, a coach, somebody who has your best interest at heart, who wants to see you grow but who also gives you hope and encouragement in the areas so that you go out and you take the chance. If Mahongo hadn't followed her intuition and come anyway, she wouldn't be running the business that she does now in Australia, Mm -hmm. all around her as a speaker and trainer, somebody that people seek out. So nothing is more important, in my opinion, when there's an area in your life that you're struggling in than to go and seek out counsel one-on-one from somebody who's on your side and somebody who has the skills to help you see what you're missing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, one-on-one or groups. And I do think, and I'm not a big group event type guy, you know, I mean, I can do presentations and, and things like this, but I'm more of an introvert, but I'll tell you, I have seen such gold as we're going to talk about in a minute, uh, come through group events of this nature. So I, I would call them, you know, personal development group events because you get to see each other. You're all there. You're all invested and you get to see where somebody shines that they have no idea of. Again, just like Zig's example where these guys were running and based on the, the normal measurement length, they weren't that fast. Somebody, and I'd love to know the details of the story. Somebody at some point, and I bet it wasn't even them, said, gosh, you know what? You, didn't, you weren't that, that fast. You're kind of slow for the, the distance. But we noticed that from you know, point A to, to C, the short distance, which is what Zig talked about, you're unbelievable. I mean, who pulled that out? That would be a great, a great story to know. And I do want to point out that you created a new uh, adjective there, Tom, dynamism. So maybe that's an upcoming book. I love it. Um, Hey, I want to take a quick rabbit trail because we have a a specific topic here. But again, we listened to this clip from Zig and he just hit on this and I couldn't let it go. Uh, And his message, he mentioned, uh, he talked about being a professional salesman that he was and knocking on thousands of doors. It's kind of like one of these things he says in passing. It just captured me knocking on thousands of doors. But he tells us that he never got excited about the idea of knocking on doors. Is that, don't we think about Zig? You know, he's a guy who loved what he did. He's passionate about it. It's total perfect fit. And he's saying, no, I knocked on thousands of doors. I didn't like the idea of knocking on doors. He did it because that's one of the things he had to do to make sales. Now, he believed in the product. He liked helping people, influence them, and influencing them to something 
that would serve him well. I mean, he liked human engagement, but it all started with something he didn't relish, having to go knock on that cold door. Nobody, I think, likes the idea of that. But the notion, it just hit on Tom, that notion of you know finding work you just adore and it's just play and fun. And there's there's quotes around that that I've always struggled with. I, I think that to that degree, it's it's somewhat of a myth. I mean, if it's to be fulfilling, it's going to be challenging. If it's of great value, it's going to require overcoming challenges and resistance. I mean, the work I've loved the most, that has served people the most, benefited me the most, even made the most money, entailed hard work and a bevy of duties amongst it that I, I most certainly did not enjoy. I mean, so in Tom, in today's marketplace, I don't see Zig being one of those purveyors, a seek out word that's work that's merely play. I mean, again, my best play doesn't involve the pressure of getting results and revenue and providing for others and dealing with relationships. I mean, that's still work. Play is just fun, you know, like you golfing. I think it's just fun. I mean, doesn't this line up with what you saw from your dad and, and your experience in your own life? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, probably the most iconic story of all that dad tells is the pump story, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. the old fashioned water pump, getting the water out of the ground. And here's what it, you know, just a short story on that is if you've ever used an old-fashioned water pump, in order when you start pumping, before you start pumping, you have to do something called priming the pump, which means you've got to pour some water into the pump before you can get anything out of the pump. And that life is the same way. Oh, my gosh. You know, we have our dream job, the business we're starting, you know, this thing that we want to do. But before we get going, we got to prime the pump, which means... We have to give something before we get something. And that usually involves pain, effort, time, energy, and good old-fashioned work. So if my goal is to start a business, usually that means i got to write a business plan. There are just not many people who like to write business plans. Mm -hmm. But if you want to have a successful business, guess what? You get to do that work. There aren't many people who like cold calling, who like knocking on the door of a stranger, who like walking up to people and asking them kind of questions that are out of the ordinary. Well, if you're in sales, that's part of what you get to do. Now, here's the reality. You don't have to like something in order to be good at it. Absolutely. Right? I've, re- I've met so many sales professionals, so many people in different industries who they love the end product, but, man, there are parts of the process that they just don't like, yet they're extremely good at it. So get comfortable with that. There are parts of what we all get to do on a daily basis. It's not our number one thing. When I was in sales, I used to have a little checklist every time I got a no. I hated no's, but I knew I needed to get seven no's before I got a yes. Yeah. Right? Statistically, that's what it took. Now, the other thing about the pump story, going back to it, that is so awesome about work and play and, and how the two seemingly don't go together and do go together at the same time. Here's how they don't go together. You see, the deeper the well, the harder, the longer you have to pump, right? In other words, the, the more profitable, the more fulfilling, the more rewarding the job or, or dream that you have, the longer it's going to take to make it happen. Now, here's the benefit. In a deep, deep well that you have to pump like crazy to get that water out of, the deeper it is, the colder, the sweeter, the purer the water. Mm-hmm the more the satisfaction when it comes, 
the you know it is it is its own reward hard work is its own reward what does that mean it means that when you wipe the sweat off your brow and you look back at all the paperwork you've done and all the the hard you know effort you've had and you close the deal you can look back with honesty and integrity and say you know what that was worth it i recognize that some of it wasn't fun that some of it was work but let me tell you something my family is ecstatic. My customer is thrilled. My bank account looks really good, and everybody won in the process. Yep. What you've got to do is realize that when, we, when we're winning, when we're doing what we love, it is fun, right? Nothing's more fun than that. Yeah. Just like winning a football game, celebrating in the end zone at the end of the game with a last-minute touchdown, nothing is more fun and exhilarating than that. But every player on that team went through bumps and bruises and sweats and pains and throwing up and doing all the things you do to get in position to make that happen. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing's more satisfying and worthwhile than that. That's what I thought. You're in the end zone more jubilant than ever uh, with blood on your face. Yeah. And here's here's the deal. Okay. You know, I'm 50 years old. You know, I'm I'm bigger than just about any six-year-old you've ever seen. Okay. If I went out and joined a, a team of six-year-olds on the football field and they handed me the ball and I scored a touchdown every time, mm. I mean, come on. Yeah. Am I going to have fun at that? Yeah, It's, it's going to get tired, boring, and irritating pretty soon, right? So the end zone has no value in that situation. Yeah, Man, I- you've got to push yourself. You've got to – Stretch, you know, dad said this, you know, success isn't what you do compared to what somebody else does. Success is what you do compared to the gifts that God has given you. That's that's powerful line. Hey, on that, the power of the pump. um, It's interesting, Tom. I don't know if you're even aware of this. The if you're in iTunes and you scroll down, we have now done 46 shows together. You and I have since we relaunched this podcast the last one that was uh that was done was in let me pull it up here it was the power of the pump may 10th 2013 so folks if you if you scroll down uh the first show that we did together was actually the the 293rd ziggler uh show the power of the pump and it's the one that i think historically has the most downloads of of any show. I mean, again, it's been there for a long time and we did, there, there weren't as many listeners then as there are now, but that one folks has been, uh, it's a powerful one. I was told that one as a kid, I love that your analogy there, Tom, of the deeper, the well, the bigger, the benefit, but the more initial pumping, the more blood you may have in the end zone. And that's, I'll tell you, that's relevant to me. You know, you've been to my house. We have a 270 or 67 foot well, uh, we sit at 9,000 feet in the Rockies. Uh, it's it's 12 gallons a minute of pure Rocky Mountain water. Uh, and wells out here are important to people because there's a lot of folks who have wells that run dry. And it's, it's such a great analogy for life. And we have, and I think you've seen it there, Tom, we have one of those old-fashioned wells like you, uh, or a pumps like you actually pump. It's not hooked up. It's a, it's a, it's a decor. But I love, I love the analogy. Well, hey, let's talk about encouragement here. I mean, Zig jokes about the person, jokes, I mean, in, in a tongue-in-cheek way, but who says, hey, I'm going to tell you something for your own good. 
And when he said that, you know, folks, if you're listening to, if you listen to it, you hear the crowd laugh, but we can all relate. Somebody has done that to every one of us. And unfortunately we, we may have done it to somebody else. Hey, I'm going to tell you something for your own good. Why do we primarily focus that statement on constructive criticism? When do we offer, why wouldn't we offer constructive praise? As a charge, to say to someone, I was thinking about this as I wrote this out, you know, hey, I'm going to tell you something for your own good. I just have to tell you, you are amazing at blank. I mean, when you do blank, it's just inspiring. I can't imagine doing blank so effortlessly. I I just think you should be aware that you inspire and impress me with your ability. I can't imagine being able to do it that easily. You have got to harness that to benefit mankind. Can you, can you imagine anybody coming to you with that type of a perspective when they say, hey, I got to tell you something for your own good? I mean, so here's an admission. I mean, I'm one of those people that uh, believes myself and others that believes you can do more. I expect they can do better, which sounds great at face value. And it is when used appropriately. I mean, I have uh, testimonial walls that give credence to this quality in me and how I've impacted people with that. But I've also caused wounds. I mean, it also causes me, especially to those close to me, uh, which my family knows, to naturally not be so encouraging of where they are now. I encourage them on what more or better they can do, which means they're never good enough now. They're never acceptable now. If you're my spouse again or or my child or close friend or a team member, you're, you're often not getting kudos from me on where you are and what you're doing today. I tend to take that, unfortunately, and again, this is an admission, I take that for granted and focused on what more you can do and how you can do better. And I do the same thing with myself. I'm not naturally at peace with who and where I am today but only on where I could be and where I want to be. And that's not peace and it's not acceptance. And, and so again, you know, there's a, there's a a balance there. I mean, Tom, you know, on that, and I'm just thinking through this as I was, as I was writing through the show, I mean, do you think that true encouragement uh, foundationally starts with affirming someone where they are in essence right now? And that's something that we can do for others. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll just kind of give a family analogy since you brought it yeah. up. You know, we want the best for our kids. And as parents, a lot of times we are just constantly, you know, looking out for signs that they're going off the path, right? Mm-hmm. They're not studying enough. They're mm-hmm. not doing their chores. They're, you know, they're being disrespectful at the table. And if we're not careful, it seems like all we're doing is pound, 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 yeah. nag, nag, nag. So I, I ran into this gentleman uh, a while back, and, and uh, he did something pretty cool with his family. He had a bunch of kids, kind of like you, Kevin. I think he had six or seven kids in the house. And he and his wife just threw up their arms one day, and they said, you know what? This is just not going on anymore because all we're doing is arguing and complaining. And so they did something pretty cool. I call it – I can't remember what he said, it, but I call it the marble economy. Mm. So they started this whole economy in their household. And what it is is – when you do certain things that are positive and good, you earn marbles. Like you do your chore, you, mm-hmm. you you get everything ready by a certain time. And then they had another thing, and that is if mom, you know, she's buying food for 10 people in this house. I mean, you know what that's like, Kevin. That's, I, I do. That's, that's more than one trip, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. If, if she gets in, if she pulls into the garage and walks in with her armfuls of, of, of uh, groceries – if the kids go out and help before she says anything, they get a marble. Nice. But if they have to be reminded, they don't get a marble. And then here was the coolest of all. 
if one child saw another child doing a good deed, and then the child who saw the child doing a good deed, if at dinner that night, because they would have family time, if that child said, hey, you know what? I saw Mary help Sue do this. Not only did Sue, or not only did Mary get a marble for doing something good, mm-hmm. but the child who pointed it out got a marble for That's pointing it out. Excellent. And so they changed the whole atmosphere of this family from have tos to I'm going to be first to. Right? Yeah. Isn't that just an incredible uh, thing? Uh, yeah, I'm sitting here thinking, I got to inst- we had to listen to this at the dinner table and, and start this in my family. Literally. I mean, this is stuff that we deal with on a daily basis. I love that perspective. Yeah. So they got a marble economy and, and they can trade marbles in for dollars or they can trade marbles in for time to do things that are like a privilege. And so, uh, oh, and they did something else. Well, I, I'm going to say it because I brought it up, but uh, they also teach marble finance. So nice. uh, one, one of the kids, they, they did this to teach a principal. They don't believe in this, but they did it for the principal. One of the kids came in and said, you know what, I really want this uh, Nintendo or whatever it was. And they didn't have enough money for it. And so the child negotiated with uh, the parents to loan them the money uh-huh. to go out and get this thing right now. But the parents put a fairly heavy, heavy interest rate on it. I mean, kind of like the real world, oh, huh, yeah. Kevin? Yeah, yeah kind of like it. And they told him, they said, look, this is going to be painful. You know, you're, gonna, you're, you're not going to have time to play it because you're going to be so busy working to overcome the interest payments mm-hmm. on it. You know, what are you going to do? And they said at the end of the week, the child brought it back and said, can we return it? Please, mercy, I don't want it anymore. And so what a great way in a positive way yeah. to teach a life lesson. Hey, you know what? We're going to warn you. We're going to advise you. And when you make the decision, we're going to encourage you anyway. Yeah. You know, have you thought about going to the neighbors and raking their yard? Have you, have you thought about this to go get money? Right? And then eventually they realize, I bit off more than I can chew. Yeah. And then they get to come back and encourage them and say, you know what? We all make mistakes. Let's see how we can get out of this. I, I, yeah, I love it. It reminds me of the interview we did uh, weeks ago with Brenda Smith where they're going into, uh, going into colleges and mentoring uh, kids there who they have to teach the real world because they've grown up in this culture that we have today where, as she said, you get a trophy for breathing. You know, uh, My kids are doing a running race series right now. And, Everybody gets a ribbon and they don't list the times in order of, of the first. And, you know, again, I understand the concept, but it's not teaching my kids the, the realities of life. And we can do that in fair and fun ways. Well, I have a, a question on encouragement uh, for you, Tom. I want to take a second hey, I, to, to share this. I have been involved in a business that's had a radical evolution in its business model that I've been incredibly proud to be a driving force in. But as the business has evolved for the better, some of the staff are not equipped to fulfill the new roles. So I'm writing a new job description that I think will enthrall the right people. However, as it requires some specific medical training, I don't know where to find them. And gratefully, I don't have to uh, because our buddies over at Zip Recruiter have taken care of this for me. I just 
post the job description to them and ZipRecruiter posts to 100 plus job sites with one single click and instantly matches my need for a qualified candidate with over 6 million resumes. So folks, today you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Ziggler. Okay, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Ziggler. Uh, again, it's a free trial. If you just go and type in, make sure you get it all in there. ZipRecruiter.com slash Ziggler. So Tom, in regards to encouragement, I've had it said to me, literally, uh, you should encourage others more. Come on. It costs you nothing. And you know, I get the con- concept of that because it's just words, right? We should be able to throw these out. And, and but ultimately, it just didn't feel right. It, it is. Why is it sometimes? Again, this is an admission. Sometimes difficult for me to encourage certain people. I mean, th- I think that there is somewhat of a cost. And this is what I wanted to ask you about. I mean, sometimes it's hard to encourage someone who who we struggle with. Uh, if someone truly impresses and wows us, it's easy to encourage them. But for the everyday people in our everyday lives, we are often acutely aware of their shortcomings. And sometimes those shortcomings infringe on us. There's consequences for us. So to encourage them amidst their obvious lack and, and uh, they're doing things that maybe uh, frustrate us is hard. It feels like it, one may be false or it may feel like it's enabling someone. So, Tom, I'm just throwing that to you because that's something that I know I've discussed. We've, we've grappled with it sometimes. We understand encouragement, but does it cost? Sometimes maybe it it does. And I, I think people will resonate. I don't have a solution. I'm just kind of throwing that concept out to you. What do you think? Right. I would change the word cost to investment. Okay. In this scenario. And that's so good. let's say there's somebody that you have a, a kind of a – a, you know, a not so good relationship at best, right? Mm-hmm. You, you don't agree on stuff. You have to work together. Uh, and you know, within you that you should encourage them when you can, but mm-hmm. it's difficult because not only will they uh, not even hear it, but they're probably going to take it wrong. Oh, you're just yeah. buttering me up. You're trying to get yeah. something from me. Right. And so what you've got to do is you've got to do a couple of things. You're going to make an investment. And so the first thing in the investment is you've got to make sure that it's not, in this case, it's not manipulation. You're not uh, encouraging them today so that you can get what you want tomorrow because that kind of person is going to see right through it. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And then it's going to backfire. You're going to wish you'd never done that, right? So first you've got to make sure it's not manipulation. And second – when you encourage them, it's got to be specific around observable behavior. Hmm. And so you could go in and literally say, you know, I'll just role play with you. I'll say, hey, Kevin, you know, uh, uh, a lot of times we don't agree on things. But I will say this. I've, I've been pretty impressed with how you've organized the podcast, how you've gotten sponsors, how you've brought in guest hosts, how you've taken this whole initiative in on yourself how you send me, you know, questions in advance, man, I know that takes a lot of energy on your part and I appreciate it. I mean, you're, you're doing great. Well, right? Thank you. And, and so by the way, folks, we have a great relationship, but I'm just <laughs> saying that if yeah. we didn't have a good relationship, it would be hard for me to want to acknowledge that. Yeah. Right. And yeah. in fact, it might even take courage for me to say it out loud. But the reality is, is because it was observable behavior and everything I said was true, 
then Kevin's all of response is either going to be, you know, not much response at all or, oh, you know, thank you. I, I didn't know you noticed, right? Yeah. And so it's not like you overwhelm somebody with just, you know, doses of encouragement every five minutes because that's not real. But when you start looking for the good, when you start trying to figure out, okay, you know, what can I do in this person's life that would benefit them? And you know what? What people love more than anything is just plain old appreciation. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so I just I just said, hey, at the end of that, Kevin, I appreciate that. It, it makes what we do better, and I appreciate that. Ah, well, thank you. But also, having – I love what you said, having the courage – to encourage. I want to speak on that uh, right after I give a call out to Concordia University. So a key driver for business growth, for capital, for processes, uh, for products, this is what they focus on at Concordia University. It's in Wisconsin. They believe that people are the main drivers. That's why they are now offering a 100% online master's degree in organizational leadership that can be completed in as little as one year. It's an alternative to an MBA, and it focuses on people and culture. And what's best is it's rooted in Christian ethics and biblical principles. Businesses need leaders desperately today who are able to inspire and motivate others to reach new levels of accomplishment. Man, that is right up our alley at Ziegler, of course. Concordia University of Wisconsin's online programs are specifically designed to help their students keep their life in balance. So they offer unparalleled individual support and an online learning experience that encourages lifelong connections with your peers. So visit the, here. This is the URL folks online.cuw.edu slash Ziegler. Okay. Again, online.cuw.edu slash Ziegler for more information, or you can call one 976 Four three four three. Uh, use the offer code Ziggler, and they will waive a fifty dollar application fee. So back to your statement on courage. I mean, and Zig talked about courage also in the clip, talking about Jerry and the story and the courage she had in taking the first step. And Tom, it reminded me of a, a movie. We own this one at home. It's a We Bought a Zoo. Uh, features Matt Damon, and in there, his character Benjamin Me says something that we have used contextually in our home over and over and over. So here's what he says. And you can go find the clip on YouTube or whatever. Type in, we bought a zoo, courage, and uh, hit video, and you'll find this right at the top. And he says, you know, he's talking to his son. He says, you know, sometimes all you need is 20 seconds of insane courage. Just literally 20 seconds of just embarrassing bravery. And I promise you, something great will come of it. I mean, if you watch the movie, you can't help but love that. And it comes back into play because it's what he cites as leading him to his beloved wife. And it's a beautiful story. It was that. It was the 20 seconds of embarrassing bravery. I even love that. Not just insane courage, but embarrassing bravery. Uh, I mean, in courage. And Zig says this in the, in the clip. Courage is not the absence of fear. It's going ahead despite the fear. So can you have the, and I love that these are part of the same word. Can you have the courage to encourage someone else despite all their flaws? Can you have the courage to encourage yourself regardless of you, the failings that you know are there, the weaknesses. Uh, and as Zig said, Shakespeare said, the applause of a single human being is of great consequence. Uh, so Tom, it's often said, and we'll wrap up on this, that 
if you want to be, if you want friends, you need to be a friend. So is it fair to say if you desire, need true encouragement, then start today by having the encourage to encourage someone else? Oh, absolutely. And here's the interesting thing is, you know, I think for our listeners on a regular basis, you know that whenever I fly, I get on the airplane and I do something kind of interesting. I ask the flight attendant, I say, hey, I've got a question for you. And they say, what's that? And I say, I'm trying to have my best travel year ever. Do you like Starbucks? And they're like, well, yeah, I like Starbucks. Why? And I say, well, I figure if you're happy, I'm happy. Here's a Starbucks car for, card for you. You guys do an amazing job. So my last trip's back to Chicago this week. Unbelievable. They're all coming to me during the flight thanking me and everything else. My only purpose was to encourage them, and yet they encouraged me for like 30 minutes during the flight. And so, yes, when we give encouragement, we are ourselves encouraged. Not only because it, it feels good when you reach out with true motives to help somebody else, right? It feels good. But they turn around. And then they encourage it. And then you walk off and they're, the, the flight attendants are talking to each other and they're smiling. And they're like, can you believe that? And, you know, the whole atmosphere of the plane changes. So if you desire true encouragement, then, yeah, you're right. Start by encouraging others because it comes back to you. That's why at the beginning I said don't think of it as cost. Yeah. Think of it as investment. That's because there's a return on investment. Cost is gone forever. That's that is stout. And and speaking of Starbucks, somebody give me a contact for someone at Starbucks. We got advertisers paying great money to be on here, and Tom talks about them constantly. Uh, that is, I love the story absolutely. So there's your charge today, folks. Is having twenty seconds of insane courage to encourage someone someone else, and to s- encourage yourself. Can you look in the mirror, take the self-talk cards, and look in the mirror and give yourself encouragement? Do some reprogramming today. Thank you for tuning in with us on The Ziggler Show. Can't wait to be back with you soon. Thanks for tuning in to The Ziggler Show. Sign up for new show alerts at ZieglerShow.com. You can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want.